Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big this episode of the Green Industry Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at getjobber.com backslash IM backslash green industry backslash. This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul What's Jameson. up, everybody? It's the Green Industry Podcast. We got live in studio Keith Kalfas and his wife, Ashley. He's a YouTube star. You got a media company, an internet company, a landscaping company. You are one busy dude rolling through Atlanta for the week. So thanks for hanging out with us live in studio, Keith. Super excited. What's up, Paul? Thanks. This, this is awesome. That I was wanted to interview you on my podcast, but I didn't know I'd have you and your wife live in studio. This is just awesome. Yeah. So how are you guys? You're here in town for the Dirt Monkey and uh, Jobber Impact Live. Did you have a good time? Oh, dude, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah you, it was really cool. You did a really good job speaking about marketing. I've loved it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, let's do, let's start with your story. Um, before you met Ashley, she told me a little bit today, but uh, you grew up in Detroit. I saw the pictures. You wanted to be like Eminem. So how'd you get from being this kid in Detroit to, you know, being a, a businessman um, with all the excellence you have in your life today? Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. So yeah, I did uh, grow up in Metro Detroit. And, and by the time I was uh, 30, I'd lived in 34 different homes. We were, you know, a broke kid with a broken family on food stamps. And we lived in, you know, homeless shelters and my mom's car at certain points. And uh, I think that all of that adversity as a kid and just, you know, feeling confused and uprooted um, was, uh, became a big advantage, you know, because I, I didn't grow up with any, um, what's that called? When, when you look at other people and you, Privilege? you, like, you judge them, I mean, oh. like it, it just made me a super curious uh uh, kid, and then I found a uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. So I'd be out all day, uh, you know, just working jobs, cutting grass, listening to to audiobooks. And Wayne Dyer's from Detroit. If if anybody listening doesn't know who he is, check him out on Audible.com. He's just phenomenal. But it, it it's just started a, a long journey of personal development. So uh, by the time that I met my wife and we got we got married, uh, you know, that's the, the one the one positive pressure in my life that pushed me into entrepreneurship and starting my own small service business, you know, starting up becoming self-employed. And um, thanks for the compliment of what you said. But I really think that it, it's 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 a journey. And I think that the hard times that we go through uh, really uh, solidify and mold and test our character. And sometimes we need to give ourselves more uh, of a pat on the back for for how far we've come right absolutely ashley when you look at keith today and like you said he's still in process but the young man you met at the karaoke place to where he is today are you like man he, he's really grown a lot oh absolutely he he's grown into uh you know not like he wasn't a man before but he's now he's it's just amazing it's amazing what he's accomplished and what he's done and i'm very proud of him you know i mean i i when i when me and him got together he was struggling and now he's made this life for us and it's just amazing yeah i mean very grateful absolutely so you guys met at a karaoke night you were telling me today Mm -hmm. at the event 
what happened? You just saw him singing or what was he doing? How'd you uh, catch his eye? Yeah, so I sang a song and then he sang a song. And then after we were singing, he came up to me and was like, I really liked how you sang that song. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then that's how we, we started talking. But, you know, we didn't date right away. Okay. So yeah. he, he flirted a little bit or he was just like, you were like, oh, friend zone. What was the vibe after that night? Definitely friend zone because my friend and him started to like kind of date a little bit. And then it wasn't anything serious and stuff. But um, Keith's friend and you. No, I didn't date anybody. Actually, oh. my friend started dating him. Oh, another, another yeah. lady was dating you. Yeah. And um. I was just trying to have fun. You know, I was young, whatever. I wasn't looking for anything serious. So me and him continued to be friends, even though him and her had like a little thing, but they didn't work out. So how'd you transition from the other girl to Ashley? So seven years later. Yeah. I don't know this story. I'm kind of surprised here. Okay. No, when I met her at the karaoke bar, we went back to kind of a house party and and I was intimidated by her, by my wife. (laughs) Yeah, she was uh she had uh she was a very dynamic person and and even though she, she was intimidating, man. So I How old were you at this point? I don't know, I was like maybe 21 or something. I don't okay. remember. I so I did. I dated your friend shortly. It was nothing serious a couple months and then her and I became friends. We did music together. We both used to do um music. And then after about a year, we just split paths for like 7 8 years. Wow. And then one night I was on in my recording studio and I looked up on Facebook and we started talking and then she came over and we were both still doing music at that point. She came over my studio to record and it was like December of 2010 and that's when we we just hit it off in in a totally different way well he was more mature too he matured a lot in that time like he was dressing different you know he was more mature so I I think that that's what attracted me to him was that I seen like a different person what was his wardrobe the at the beginning and then what was the wardrobe when he kind of wooed you in a little bit oh man like baggy pants like the big baggy pants like uh big baggy shirts you know not not like I'm, I'm dissing but it just wasn't my style he had like bandanas and hats and all this stuff and yeah it just wasn't wasn't my thing so but then when I when I when we met back up after all those years he came out with like a nice shirt nice jeans like he was dressed very 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 you know almost preppy but it, so it a was, dress shirt and jeans the night of the recording studio yeah it was just I was attracted to him instantly the, an attraction I never knew even existed existed that I had for him you know so I was, it was that night when the butterflies or the spark kind of went off for you mm-hmm, yeah. okay now what were you thinking Keith um in the recording studio you're like man she's out of my league I'm just trying to shoot my shot or you were thinking friends or what well I was trying to to be professional and record her music and I know oh. that you're not supposed to mix um you know business with right. uh you know relationships or anything like that so yeah. I I was actually not flirting with her, giving off those vibes because I just wanted to be professional and record her music and, and help her record a demo because I'm I'm uh, been a producer. Yeah, and then uh, it was a home based studio, and and you know it was time for her to leave. It was midnight; she wouldn't leave. And then you all got married. So how many years ago was that? <laughs> um, nine years ago. This will be our next week is our seven year wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. This Thank is you. Um, a really cool story. So I'm, I'm, most people are familiar with your story and you've done such an amazing job of being authentic, vulnerable, sharing your story online, but you're working for another uh, landscape company. Light bulb went off. You started your own. How is that intertwined with all this? I always had the excuse that I couldn't start my own landscaping business because I didn't have X amount, thousands of dollars of startup capital. 
And the truth was, I just wanted a day job to make enough money to pay my bills so I could chase my music passions at night, you know, making beats and going and doing uh, live performances and shows and stuff. And I always said, if everything fails in my life, my plan B is I'll go start a landscaping business. So when her and I got engaged and then we got an apartment, I had to figure out quickly, you know, how I could organize um, because my life fell apart and... That's a whole different story. But, but, but anyways, how I transitioned was out of pure fear, terror, anxiety. So I'd get off work landscaping for a company. I'll go home, shower real quick. I, I, mean, I mean, I didn't even shower. I mean, I would eat real quick and change and then go out um, and start doing side jobs, like pulling people's weeds and raking their leaves, anything I could after work. And so it was like 100 hours a week, you know? Wow. So I, that's how, how I got the business. If open. you don't mind me asking, how much were you, was your wage when you're working for the company? Uh, 15 bucks an hour and then the 12 bucks an hour. And then the most recent job I had was literally $9 and 50 cents an hour at 28 years old. Wow. And you had to pay rent and all that with that little income while being in debt with debt collectors and attorneys calling me. Uh, it wasn't even enough to make it. So here, here was the interesting thing. If you're literally not even making enough money to pay your bills or working full time, I was like, you know, I didn't even have a choice. There was nothing else that I could do and no other job was going to cut it. So I just went out and I, you know, I, I tried the job thing so many times. And it was just the biggest lie to me. And so I was like almost forced into jumping out of the nest, you know, and I'm glad it happened. It was terrifying. Absolutely. What year was that when you made the jump? Uh, July of 2011. Um, and by August of 2011, I was free. So it took six weeks of doing side jobs to make enough money to replace my entire income from my job. Only six weeks I went full time. And I was just making it day by day. And so that's when I just put everything in my life on the back burner, every thought that didn't have to do with hustling. And I'll, I, I remember those nights and my wife would come out with me and help me. Like she'd come out and work her butt off, helping me landscaping, uh, getting my business off the ground. She wouldn't even take any money from me. It was crazy. I remember holding that steering wheel, coming home at literally 1130 at night, working in dark. As long as I was behind the seat of that that piece of crap truck that I called the Blue Goose, I would be okay. Even mm-hmm. on Sundays, it didn't matter. So fear was the, the defining motivator. And it's really hard once you get an established business off the ground to stop running out of a, in a reactive state of fear because now it's bleeding into your family life and all that. Like the stuff that you did, maybe to get yourself out of a really hard time, you build these things in your psychology. It's called a stable datum. Like you hold on to like, imagine you hold on to a, a palm tree in a hurricane. You're holding on to that thing to save your life. But now the hurricane's all gone and it's a sunny day, but you're still clinging to this thing for your life. And they're like, you can let go of the palm tree now. Like the hurricane's gone. No, no. No, I can't let go. Like these are the ideas and self-limiting beliefs that we hold on to. So it's been a long. So trip. in this swirl, this is 2011. Yeah, 2012. And, and you guys were married, dating. This was the preliminary stages when this was all going down. Yeah, we got married in 2012. So um, by the time we got married, he, we were making a little bit more money. We were able to pay for our wedding. You know. Yeah, Keith. What would you say to someone who's listening right now? The, those emotions you just shared, they, they know what it's like to be holding on to that steering wheel, scared. You know, you just shared a lot of emotions with me. I kind of just went back to 2011. I'm just seeing fearful, scared Keith Kalfas. There's someone listening right now that's like Keith from 2011. They're like, that's me right now. What would you say to that man or woman listening? That sometimes you have to be purified by fire. So embrace the suck. Embrace it. And develop a warrior mentality. And 
let everything and all of your fictions and your 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 fiction your fictitious thoughts that are holding you back and the stories and the idealisms that you have in your head of the way you thought life was supposed to turn out for you and how this is so unfair that you have to suffer like this and go through all this if you're thinking those type of thoughts because mm-hmm. I was you have to uh, uh, kind of crucify yourself and and burn it all on the fire and transform into a whole new person and that person's a warrior because there's times you won't you'll sleep 3 hours a night for 6 months straight and you will wake up in the morning and you'll only be in your 20s with deep dark bags under your eyes you will be skinny and pale like and you it's crazy to me like i remember waking up and looking in the mirror like i was in like vietnam or something and and i can't hold a candle to that i'm just saying like putting war paint on my face mm. And going out and doing whatever I had to do in extremely low prices as well. Like my first $20,000 landscape job, I only made $1,400 profit on. So as time goes on and you start to build these calluses, you go from a person who can be completely weak in your consciousness, just a very weak person who's very like emotionally attached to everything and just like this flaccid type of person to somebody who is a stone cold killer. And I don't mean that like in a literal sense. I just mean you're a warrior. You become a hunter. Like I imagine a guy with a spear in the woods with with war paint all over him and that psychotic look in his eyes and he will do whatever he has to do to hunt that gazelle and and take it drag it back and feed his family it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it kills him in the process like that that's what i i think and i'm really kind of obsessed with this idea with when i see that in other people because i still have it in myself residue of this right Mm -hmm. it's it's a really a journey taking somebody out in the middle of the woods and just breaking them down to their sobbing and crying and having a nervous breakdown so they can transform their consciousness and get over how they're upset with their father about how they weren't parented right or how their their brother od'd on drugs and there's this was like four years ago and they can't get over it and they're still depressed people have real issues and real problems and no wonder you can't get your business off the ground and become successful if you're up at four o'clock in the morning you know dripping in sweat having nightmares and you're in constant anxiety nobody talks about this stuff it's time for this week's jobbers minute what is the best way to reschedule and communicate rainy day cancellations to my clients there's two ways to do this one you can spend all day calling your clients to explain the situation try to rebook and maybe dealing with a few of those annoyed clients here and there the second way is to use jobber and get it done in minutes we've created a feature that lets you bulk move an entire day schedule then send automatic text messages to those clients so you can reset their expectations in a friendly convenient way you'll recoup all that time you would have spent calling your clients and they'll appreciate the heads up to receive 20% off your first six months of jobber check them out at getjobber.com backslash i am backslash green industry backslash and that link is in today's show's notes now let's get back to the interview with keith and ashley 2012 so ashley what's your perspective as keith kind of shared what he's thinking what he's trying to launch into two questions for you ashley were you skeptical you're like this isn't going to work he's lost his mind or were you confident this is going to work and what was your career did you have income coming in or what were you doing during this time um i was a waitress uh i waitress for 13 years until i ended up thinking up my own um idea and i wanted to be a designer so then i ended up making aprons for waitresses um, functional aprons. But anyways, um, yeah, what Keith was going through, it was, I, I, I guess I struggled with it too. Like, um, I, I could have been better. Um, there was a lot of times where he, you know, he was working so much that I felt that like whenever he would be consumed in it, even when he was at home, like he couldn't break it 
and I would feel like it was like against me, like, like he was hurting me and, you know, I would get very, um, it would cause a lot of problems like in our relationship. And, um, I, like, I wish I was different, but I just didn't have a lot of experience, like having, you know, a husband that was a business owner, you know, my dad was a, a business owner growing up, but I was so young. I didn't really see how it affected everything. And, um, yeah, I mean, like he would be like, I got to go buy this tool. It's like $500. And I'd be like, why are you going to go spend $500 on that? Like, I just didn't understand. And I think a, a lot of people, um, you know, deal with that too. Like I had somebody message me on Instagram and they were like, Hey, you know, how, how do you deal with him never being home? And I was like, well, we set now we set, uh, we had to, we had to go through a little bit of therapy. You know, we had to talk to a life coach and stuff like that. So he could help me like understand and, and cope with it because our life isn't normal. You know what I mean? Like he is constantly going. And now just now I've dove into like really, um, accepting it and loving him and supporting. I've always supported him, but now I really support him. And, um, yeah. So, uh, we talked to a life coach and, and it helped me understand things. I'm like, yeah, well he has to drop this much money to be able to move forward in the business. Like, but this girl asked me, she's like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, we set a designated day for date night and no matter what, we're going to have that date night, like no matter what. So I know that Tuesday night he's all mine and the phone gets put down. He's not working. And I have him that whole entire night. And then the rest of the week, he's got to hustle because he's making a life for, for me too. You know, he, he, um, whatever he's, he's doing, it's moving him forward. So I, I don't want to do anything to hold him back. Not even a little bit. Like I'm told, I totally have his back and I want him to succeed. So now you know, I think it took time for me to understand all these things. So when did the YouTube and the social media uh, start to get into this tapestry? I'm here. When I got my wisdom teeth pulled, he made a video. That was the first video. Yeah. So I have like six YouTube channels. I, I was uploading on YouTube in 2005 when YouTube first came out and uploading wow. to Google Video and Daily Motion before any of this stuff came out. I was vlogging way back in 2003. So this side of the YouTube that say people might know who watch my videos, which is the Landscaping Employee Trap, that channel, 2000, winter of 2013 uh, 14 time I made the first video. I mean, I literally just put up a Canon camera in the living room. I go, hi, my name is Keith Kelfus, and I'm going to tell you the story of how I went from broke to starting the landscaping business. So I wait till the I waited till the landscaping business got off the ground. I put a hundred percent focus into that and got it up to where it was just like barely hitting a hundred thousand in revenue, and then I started the YouTube channel. <laughs> Because I didn't have any time to even mess around with making uh, videos about, you know, vlogging and stuff like that. But, but it was around 2014. So, yeah. And now, I mean, this is evergreen. So by the time people listen to this, you'll probably have your silver play button to be growing. But you're at like 76,000 subscribers now. Yeah. So when you hit that record button for the landscape employee trap, were you thinking this is where I'm going to take it? Or did this kind of like surprise you over time? Or what was your... What were you thinking when you hit record that first video? Oh, okay. So the entire thing was already mapped and planned out okay. and it was a beta test. Okay. So the landscaping employee trap was a big beta test. The goal was to become the number one name in the world synonymous with the word landscaping on YouTube in 12 months. Okay. So I did all the research and I planned and set out to do that, but that's the technical side. Okay. So to, 
I had like this really bad nervous breakdown and I wanted to find a way to like, I had this, this, there's something called ego death. When you have a transformation in your life, you can actually feel like you're dying. You feel like you're actually dying. This is a a type of suffering. And because I thought I was going to die, I started putting out all these videos. There was a whole plan behind it, but there was a deep seated emotion that I wanted to touch and help as many people as possible who had been going through the hell or was going through the hell that I went through and I figured out a way out. I feel like, I feel like I, I had spent years trying to figure out a master key just to get your own business off the ground, but it was such a huge revelation for me. I said, I can't be the only one going through this. So I started talking to, to this specific guy, uh, which is a customer avatar who's just like I was and making all these really deep transformational, just crazy videos. And that's how it took off. So, you know, but the, the goal is to was to start the biggest landscaping channel in the world and then move on to something completely into personal development. I did it as, as so I could create my learning curve and then go on to what I really wanted to do was, uh, you know, public speaking and life coaching and stuff like that. But what happened was I was able to just roll it all into one. Like it just kept going. And yeah, so it, it, you're asking me where I want it. To, yeah, I was just curious if it was because some people just ah, flippantly hit record and then it starts growing like, oh, there's something here. No, but you were intentional. This was completely planned. Like okay. all of it was planned out before I ever even made the first video. Yeah. So now what's the best version of Keith if I give you a check tomorrow for $20 million and you don't have to worry about providing money for your wife. You have $20 million in the bank. You get to do, you get to create your own day. What You, don't, you know what I mean? You don't have any financial pressure anymore. You get yeah. to do whatever you want to do. What's that day for you? What's that dream in your heart of what you want to be doing with your time, not having to worry about providing for your wife and family. That's you got a $20 million tax free, $20 million in your bank account tomorrow. You get to create your day, whatever you want to do. What is that for you, Keith? Uh, well, what I would do is I would, I would uh, go get all the proper equipment I need because now that I have the funding and I would get a professional uh, camera crew and I would set out to script and create the most, powerful transformational inspirational uh, videos that have been ever been made on YouTube to completely help people heal their lives and believe that they can do it. People that are in dark ruts and dark places. I would make videos that would help change the world for a better place and just put the biggest dent in, in God's plan that I've cost, or God has a plan for my life, I believe, right? And he's using me as a vessel and as a conduit. So, and somehow use that to I just want to do uh, God's will in my life. So I would set out to make the best videos ever, like high-end productions that people Excellent. are just sobbing, crying after watching these videos. And I would dedicate my whole life to that and then throw massive live events uh, that, that help people transform. Because there's this butterfly effect. You know, I'm going to be dead and gone one day. We all are, right? Yeah. And it's each one reach one. If, if you can use the leverage of, uh, of technology of the internet to, to touch somebody emotionally, now that, that, now, now that touches people that they love, that touches their children, and so on goes the tree. This is my responsibility. And anybody listening right now, if you have a, a vision in your heart, you have to. This is your duty to do this because there are very bad, evil, and negative things and people and even, I believe, uh, spiritual powers that be in this world and it's our job to to combat that with light and good absolutely so that's that's what i would do that's awesome ashley what's your dream you get 20 million dollars before you leave atlanta you're at the atlanta airport like babe we got 20 million bucks what's the dream what's god's dream for ashley what's what's the dream of your life oh i always said that um i would want to inspire people as well 
But uh, I always said that I would have uh, animal rescue and dive into that and just really, really go on missions. And I think uh, there's animals other than just dogs and cats, like there's birds and, you know, just I just want to rescue and, and save and rehabilitate. And I would have a whole facility and people working and fundraisers and donations coming in. And I would try to save every animal that I could in this country. And then if it got big enough, I would go out of country and start saving those animals too. So that that's my life's dream. And I hope one day I'll be able to get there. But um, we would put it on YouTube, dog. And I would also really like to help people as well and help people, especially like wives of entrepreneurs, because I think that it, it it's, it's a different life. Like it, it's a different life because you don't have the husband that just comes home and turns the TV on or, you know, is able to go out to dinner or whatever. Like we have to plan that. Like, and we don't ever sit on the couch and watch TV. Like there's just things that, you know, are different when it comes to being married to um, somebody that's an entrepreneur, you know, but yeah. it's inspiring. You guys have a very unique and tender care for animals because you, you know, every time I see you guys, you got your puppies and dogs with you. I hope I didn't offend you. Cause I told Ashley and Keith, you can't bring your dogs to the studio, but uh, Oh no, they're fine. Hopefully yeah. they're cool. They are. They're good. They're as long as they're with us, they're fine. Like, and you know, at the hotel, they can smell our stuff. Like they know yeah. that we're there. We're coming back. So yeah, they're all good. Okay. All good. I asked this and I had uh, Liz Fullerton on the show. Um, she was my first female guest you're my second so she had similar Mm -hmm. bubbling desires that women are reaching out to her like hey my husband owns a business what do i do Mm -hmm. so i think that's um you know important that you're helping because there's women out there that are like clueless on how to navigate this yeah they message me and i i try to give them the best like you know tips of how i handle it it wasn't easy at first you know i think you have to mature into it definitely This episode of the Green Industry Podcast was brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Start a free trial or sign up today to receive 20% off your first six months. Find out more at getjobber.com backslash I am backslash green industry. I appreciate you guys listening.